0: Support for IPR comes from Corridor Vein Center and Corridor Aesthetics, treatment for varicose veins and spider veins, also providing facial rejuvenation services and treatment for moderate to severe acne. More at Vein and CorridorAesthetics.com.
1: Today is Monday. It is the 12th of February. This is Here First from IPR News. I'm Michael Leland. An Iowa immigrant rights group is voicing opposition to a handful of proposed bills it says take aim at undocumented immigrants in the state. Members of the group Escucha Mivos will be at the Iowa Capitol later this morning to brief state lawmakers who are part of the International Affairs Committee. House and Senate are considering bills that would require Iowa businesses to use the federal e-verify program when hiring workers. Guillermo Trevino is the group's co-director. He's also a pastor, and he says if passed, those bills would hurt the state's economy. So
0: we're already struggling to keep people here in Iowa. You know, one of the bad jokes behind the corn, of our second biggest export, is our young people. And, you know, we're going to lose. Uh, if this, um, you know, we to pass, we might lose the workers that we so desperately need.
1: Escuchemivo says a number of business interests are against the bills, including Chambers of Commerce, hotel and restaurant associations, and agribusiness groups. City tax levies for things like libraries and museums across Iowa are going to shrink in the coming years. IPR's Grant Leo Winterer reports that could make it difficult for a Cedar Valley art museum to expand.
0: Over the past 35 years, the Hearst Center for the Arts in Cedar Falls has grown, now housing its 500 works of art in just 600 square feet of storage. The museum has planned a 12,000-square-foot expansion, but will probably have to raise most of the money to do so privately in the face of expiring city tax levies. Corey Hurlis is the cultural program supervisor at the center. She says support for the expansion has been positive, but worries how many projects Cedar Falls residents are willing to fund. My question is the community has expensive quality of life things over the past few years are they going to be willing to do another one. The cost for the expansion would run about $6.3 million.
1: Iowa's legislature has missed a self-imposed deadline for passing per-people state aid for the next school year. That deadline was last Thursday. Iowa Senate Minority Leader Pam Yokerb says it puts school districts in a bind. They have to, by law, have their budget submitted by March 15th. And there's a, there's a series of things they have to go through at the local level in order to create that budget for the next school year. Number one, they have to know how much money they're, they, they're even going to have. The Iowa Capitol Dispatch said recently the Senate Education Committee had advanced a shell bill, but the full Senate hasn't taken it up yet. The House has not yet released a bill. There's no penalty for missing the deadline. Joachim made her comments last week on Iowa PBS's Iowa Press program. It is not just you. It has been a very cloudy winter over the Midwest, including much of Iowa. Harvest Public Media's Elizabeth Rembert reports the number of overcast days in January were higher than historical averages.
0: The winter months tend to be the cloudiest part of the year, but this year it's been extra gloomy in much of the Midwest and Great Plains. That's according to data collected by the Iowa Environmental Mesonet. Andrew Stutsky is a TV meteorologist at WQAD in Moline, Illinois his Quad Cities audience noticed the long stretch of overcast days.
1: I have so many folks asking, like, is this way, way cloudier than normal? And I'm like, yeah, you're, you're on to something. We've had very few days with full sunshine in January.
0: During the winter, cold air and moisture get trapped at the ground. It all condenses into a thick, dense cloud blanketing the sky. Thankfully, Stutsky says February tends to provide some sunny
1: relief. New data suggests thousands of Iowans switched their party registration to Republicans so they could participate in last month's Iowa caucuses. The Iowa Secretary of State's office says there were about 16,000 more registered Republicans in Iowa on February 1st than there were on January 1st, 4,800 Iowans registered as Republican for the first time. It's here first from IPR News. State lawmakers are facing their first deadline this week to get bills approved by committees to keep them alive in this legislative session. IPR State Government reporter Katarina Sestarik is here to talk about bills that are alive for now and bills that could be considered this week. Hey, Katarina.
0: Good morning, Michael.
1: It's known as Funnel Week. Remind us what this deadline's all about.
0: Funnel Week helps cut the number of proposals that are in play, so bills have to get approved by a committee in the chamber that they started in. And bills that don't get through could be considered dead for the year, but there are lots of exceptions to that rule. Anything dealing with taxes or spending doesn't need to pass this deadline, and the Republican majority has other ways of bringing bills back to life if they really want to.
1: So what are some of the major proposals that have already met this deadline?
0: Governor Kim Reynolds' bill that would define words like sex, man, and woman in state law got fast-tracked through a committee last week. The bill directs government bodies to identify people by their sex at birth, and it would allow certain facilities to separate people based on their sex assigned at birth. That includes prisons, locker rooms, and domestic violence shelters. People would also have to list their sex at birth on their birth certificate, but not on their driver's license. The House Education Committee took that out of the bill. And overall, supporters say the bill is needed to protect spaces they say should be reserved for people who are female at birth. And opponents say this is dangerous discrimination against transgender Iowans and an overall attempt to erase LGBTQ people.
1: And what else got through?
0: Another Reynolds-backed proposal would repeal the state law that requires state boards and commissions to be gender-balanced, so that got through a committee last week, and opponents say this would reduce opportunities for women to be involved in government and to work their way up to higher office. Supporters say that some boards and commissions could be majority women under this bill and that it can be too difficult to fill positions on boards because of the gender balance law. The governor's bill to extend postpartum Medicaid coverage to 12 months and to tighten income requirements for pregnant people to get Medicaid also advanced last week.
1: So what will you be watching this week to see if it gets through?
0: The biggest thing I'm watching is the governor's proposed overhaul of special education. That bill also includes her proposal to raise minimum teacher pay. If this doesn't get through a committee this week, that would be a blow to Reynolds' agenda. But because these proposals deal with money, they can easily be brought up later in the session as lawmakers figure out education funding, which, by the way, the legislature has blown past its deadline to settle K-12 school funding.
1: You also covered a bill last week dealing with public libraries. Where does that stand?
0: It got through a subcommittee in the House last week, even as library directors and board members spoke out against the bill. So I'll be watching to see if that gets through a committee this week ahead of the funnel deadline. This bill would allow city councils to strip public library boards of their authority without putting those issues to a vote of city residents, which current law requires. And librarians are saying this would politicize libraries by allowing elected officials to decide what goes in a library, who works there, and how money is spent, and that city councils don't have proper training to manage a library. And while no one spoke in support of the bill at the meeting, the Republican lawmaker who advanced the bill said he's hearing from city council members who think that since they're elected, they should get more direct control over taxpayer dollars used for libraries.
1: Immigrant rights advocates were at the Statehouse last week protesting bills that target undocumented immigrants. What are Republicans proposing, and do those bills have a chance of getting through?
0: It's really hard to say if they have a chance. You know, for the past several years, Republicans have considered requiring businesses to use a federal system to verify employees' immigration status. But that's never become law, but that's in play again. And this year, a bill has gotten through a committee that would prevent undocumented immigrants from getting in-state tuition at public universities. Another would create a new crime of human smuggling that opponents say could criminalize driving someone who's undocumented to a doctor's appointment. And then there's a bill that would let the state deport people, even though the U.S. Supreme Court has ruled that only the federal government can do that.
1: All right. This is already a lot. What else are you watching this week?
0: Well, there's a public hearing this evening on the governor's bill related to defining man and woman in state law. That's at 5 o'clock, and people can sign up to speak on the legislature's website. I'll also be looking out for any signs of progress on K-12 education funding.
1: IPR state government reporter Katerina Sestarik, thanks for this update. Thanks, Michael. And that's here first from IPR News. I'm Michael Leland.